the football pod with Paddy and Andy. When Gooch gets back up into the pocket, like I remember trying to practice this for about six months after I was nearly dislocated. <laughs> he does it two or three times in the first half. It's sensational. Download the OTB Sports app and subscribe to the GAA podcast feed now. The OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go. Black box car insurance lets young drivers bounce past high cost premiums. Drive safe and save more with GetSetGo.ie. Like that. I'm a very confident front runner for Caddy for 33 years, 145 wins now, and that's the best win I've ever had. I have no idea what you have. I don't know. I'm, how are we going to count all the shots? Do you, I, I can't keep track. I don't think he's pleased. Of course, you would. That's a, that's a particularly stupid question. If they are, of course, you want to play at the weekend. Hi, all. Everyone aboard this week. Nathan is here. Peter is here. Fionn Davenport back with us as well. Hi, Fionn. Hey, Joe. Missing in action on our Monday review pod. Some hot I takes know. that you missed, my friend. Some very hot <sighs> takes. I have to listen back to the pod now. Well, you should, just as a yeah. matter of duty yeah. and politeness, I think. You were, you were in I Spain. You were in Spain. You were in Spain. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting. When a Spaniard wins the US Open, the first Spaniard in history wins the US Open, were they uh, parking Euro 2020 and genuflecting before John? Yeah, yeah there was th- hundreds of thousands of people out in the street. There was general cheer and mirth. No, it wasn't mentioned at all. Now, having said that, I wasn't there for when he won because I I flew home during the last round, so on Sunday night, and uh, landed up just in time to watch him play 16 through 18. Um, But on the Saturday, when obviously he was well in contention or he was in the leaderboard, I, you know, I, and I speak pretty decent Spanish, and I was watching the news, no mention of it at all. Um, and and it, it's this curious disassociation. Now, the Euros obviously have a huge part to play here because everybody's focused on Spain. But um, but yeah, I, I have to say I was I was I was I was a little surprised that there wasn't even like a little you know end of bulletin nod to oh yeah, and one of our own is doing really well over in America, hoping to win the U.S. Open. Yeah, very surprising because there is a tradition there with Sevi and with Ulathabal. It's not like a Frenchman suddenly doing well. Yeah, but I think I think golf in Spain is you know golf in golf outside of Ireland and the UK and to a somewhat lesser extent the United States is still seen as a very limited and elite sport. So, for example, you go to Italy and the average man, boy, woman on the street has no idea who the Molinari brothers are. Um, now I'm not saying now obviously Sevi is more than is a bigger name than Eduardo or Francesco Molinari or indeed Constantino Rocca. But um uh yeah, there is still, I think, in in it's very much limited to certain circles. So I imagine if you're down in La Manga, you know, every TV station would have been tuned to to what was going on over at, at um Torrey Pines, but no, not in general. I was in Madrid and nope, didn't see it anywhere. Football just dominates everything, doesn't it? When you look at yeah. marker, if you pick up marker AS, like there's there is no golf there uh, no. being covered. But then um, the fact it's in the middle of the Euros. If say Justin Rose won last week and England are playing on Monday, like Justin Rose probably isn't going to be on the back of too many papers. No, no. Uh, he'd yeah. be. Uh, would he not make a small column on the back of the papers if he won the op- If he won a, a major, I think uh, he yeah. would. Yeah, he would. Uh, he, he would. on a regular. But I think if England were playing. 
It'll yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. Look, I appreciate golf is always going to be in the halfpenny place when it comes to sports like football. But um, but at the same time, no, I just thought it was – it's an interesting one. And it, it in no way diminishes Ram's accomplishment, obviously, but more – it doesn't diminish his standing with golfing cognoscenti in Spain, you know, who that – whatever, that, that tribe that does follow the golf will have celebrated – Ram's accomplishment as being the first Spaniard to win the U.S. Open, and it'll be duly noted, and it'll be written about somewhere. I just didn't see it on the news bulletins. That's the point. Yeah. No, I'm surprised it wasn't an even and finally. Mm. Yeah. But there you go. That's kind of an interesting insight. John Ram, who's who's Spanish but sounds like he's American, uh, won the. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> Peter Craig Conley, the caddy. Yes. Is he still caddy for Martin Keimer these days? Um, he was back with him for a while. Um, I don't know whether he's full time back with him or not, okay. but he, he, he did leave him and then came back to him. He tweeted just the other day up at half past six in the morning for a fit to travel COVID test, four hours on the golf course, shower, two and a half hour drive to LAX, flew 10 hours to London, waited three hours for the next flight home, arrived home at half past eight Monday evening, straight to bed, up at 6am for a flight to Munich. Wouldn't change it for the world. Hashtag it's what we do. To which Lee Westwood responded with, I think the thought we all had, couldn't the boss get you on his private jet? So <laughs> I was just uh, wondering. <laughs> Pearl Craig Connolly. I mean, Keimer went direct from Torrey Pines to Munich. Craig, buddy, I'll see you there. No, yeah. but that, that plane is put on by uh, BMW every year. Every year, if you're playing in the US Open and you want and you're, you're playing in uh, the BMW, they'll fly you back. But I would presume they they got a good few players onto it. So, sorry, caddies, you're out. Will there come a time in 10, 20 years when we look back at the way caddies have been treated yes. and think, hmm, so they have a separate caddies lounge, which is quite often a tiny little marquee where they get a banana and a bottle of water if they're lucky. And have to sit around outside while the players are treated like superstars. But there's a big no caddies allowed sign on the front door. Yeah, but they're still treated like if you compare this to 30 years ago, like caddies have never had it so good. I, I sorry, I'm not suggesting that they're not okay, they're not treated. <laughs> no, no, no. Jeez. Sorry, that's not the point. I, <laughs> oh, I'm saying no. this is that when what more do they want? I guess no, no, no. Okay, let me rephrase that because that's not no what way. I meant at all. What I mean is this. I don't believe that we will look back on the way caddies are treated now and be all like, oh, my God, because where caddies have come from were literally they were dirt on the bottom of the shoe. They weren't allowed anywhere near the clubhouse. Never mind getting a lounge yeah, of their own. They all had to sit at the back in the caddy shop. I take, I take your point. However, digging a shovel. I, I'm looking at no, it no, now. No. I'm looking at it now and I still think there's something a little bit elitist about the whole thing. So in 20 a little years, bit. Uh, in 20 <laughs> years, when they are treated better again, then we'll absolutely look back on 2021 and say, God, that was kind of grubby, the way but, they were treated. 100%. But won't, but won't it change? Because the nature of the caddy has changed. So whereas in the past, and Peter, you can correct me if I'm wrong, the caddy was drawn from an exclusive club of professional rank. Like, so it's like, generally speaking, they were kind of hardy men and women in some cases, but mostly men. Um, 
who didn't have any family association or anything like that. They were professional caddies. That's what they did. And they, they dug it out of the dirt. Whereas nowadays it's more often than not, it's your mate or your brother or your girlfriend or, you know, so, the, so the nature of caddying has changed. You are now part of an inner circle that 30 years ago, just with some exceptions, maybe Fanny Sonnison would have been, you know, an exception to this rule, but, but that generally speaking, like you were not, you were just an employee. That's not the case anymore. Uh, it, you're right. It's not the case, but they are still uh, very much treated as second-class citizens, mm. um, no matter where you go to. Um, oh, but I'm not saying they're not. I'm just uh, car my point parking, is, is, yeah, yeah, to food, to somewhere to come in out of the rain, to courtesy cars, to whatever else. They are. They're very much. Um, yeah, very much second class to the to the players. Like um, I would but, think there. Sorry, Peter, excuse me. Pick up the point you were going yeah. to make. I would say, for instance, the Craig Conley tweet, which caught my eye, like that is an ordeal, to say the least. And he's a professional trying to do a job at a high level. I would think in 10 or 20 years, somebody will have the good sense to say, maybe we should get a plane for the caddies too. Maybe that would be a good gesture, you know, just those small things to treat them better. Sorry, Peter, you were saying? Yeah, no, uh, look, it, it, it will come a time where, um, you know, people will look back and, and how they're treated. Like, uh, no no caddy has a contract. Um, they might have a contract to wear a hat or something like that. But with the player, they don't have a contract. So they can be hired and fired within a moment. And there's no recourse. There's no, I, I've been with you for six years and you know you have to give me two weeks notice or three weeks notice and you have to pay me for that it's just we're done that's it they might get a they might get a phone call they're more than likely to get a text or a manager will do it and, and say that's it um but how that's, many that's... caddies did you sack by text <laughs> now yeah. we are talking. Now let's go joking. through your caddies. Okay. Let's go through. Okay. So t tell us about the end of the various relationships. So the very first caddy I had was uh, was Ronnie Corbett, which was John Roberts. Okay, and I said it to his face. The next caddy I had was Dermot Byrne. Uh, he sacked me to go to Shane Lowry. Fair. The next caddy <laughs> I had was uh, Brian Martin Bo, who sacked me to go to um, somebody else. Who'd he go to? Um, he went to... I know asking you for a name is a bad idea. No, 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 no. He he, he thought he was in the running for a very big bag. Um, and he he wanted to be very much available for that, for that position. So um, he kind of got rid of me before he... Um, unfortunately, he didn't get what he was looking for. Did um, he get rid of you by text? Alex Levy? No. He went to Alex Lucas Levy. Lucas Guard. Alex but Levy, that yeah. was that wasn't that wasn't the bag that he thought he was getting. Okay. And are the rumors true that when he didn't get the big bag he was hoping to get that you texted him saying delighted? No, definitely <laughs> okay. not. Because I heard that. No. I... no, 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 no. <laughs> and did he when 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 he's leaving you, <laughs> did he tell you that did he tell you I'm leaving because I've heard this might be coming up and I want to be in the best possible position to get it? Yeah, we had just finished uh, 12th um, in the race to Dubai, the final tournament. Oh, that's good. Um, How did you take that? Yeah. Uh, I was surprised um, at the time. 
Um, I suppose finishing 12th was, you know, a real good finish on a good field. Um, and yeah, I was a bit shocked at the time, but sure, look, you get on with these things. Mm. Especially we'd been together for five years. so wow. And you're still friends now, so obviously. Yeah, but my, like, I can understand all these things. Like, you have to remember, like, my career was at that stage was probably as good as it was going to get in 20, whatever that was, 2012, 2013, 2012. Um, and if he wanted to progress onto something else, then yeah, he had to move. So, and the same with Dermot. I said to Dermot, I said, be a fool not to take it. You know, I'll sack you if you don't take it. Let's put it that way. When he mm. was going to go work for Shane Larry, because Shane had an incredible future out of him. Mm. I, I've never, I've always said to caddies, um, go. Um, and is- my next caddy, Mike, um, he now caddies for um, the left-hander, uh, the Scottish left-hander, uh, Bob, Bob McIntyre. McIntyre, Bob McIntyre. Peter, do you know your children's names? Like Just to hand notes, quickly. Yes. Yeah, yes. you do. Okay. Yes. Thanks. Joe. So Mike went to Bob McIntyre and was that a, you or him? Oh no, that was, he was, no, no, I was finished at that stage, but he, okay. he worked for me for a year. So I've actually trained in quite a good few caddies who have been yeah. Quite There's a real pattern emerging here, isn't there? It, there is a well, it, 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 it's, it mm-hmm. means the caddy is on the course, and if things aren't going well, they can go. It could always be worse. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've survived, Laurie. <laughs> is there a is is it like the football transfer market where there's tapping up going on? So when Shane Lowry wants Dermot Byrne again, is there a official communication with you that they want this to happen? No, no, it's all back channels. Huh. The, in general, the player is probably the last to know Okay, who is losing the good caddy. Um, but the player who's getting the good caddy starts the black back channels. To, to round off that little tangent we went on, sorry, I brought up Craig Conley, for instance. So I know Fionn thinks they should be grateful for even the slight <laughs> they get. But would you envisage a time, Peter, where there will be some kind of security of tenure whereby a player will sign a caddy for the year? And if they were, for instance, to fire them in a strop, they might have to give the caddy some kind of compensation or some some security for the caddies. Are the caddies pushing for that? Uh, The caddies are definitely pushing for a much, much tighter um, working relationship um, and a much better working relationship uh, on, on the golf course. Um, and at and at venues where they're not treated like uh, as as Fionn, they're not treated like Fionn might want to treat them. <laughs> oh, for the love of God! Whinging little no, um, no, no, <laughs> no. Didn't the caddies try to form a union a good number of years ago? But they, like, I mean, there's something terribly cynical because the players and the PGA or the various organisations fairly put their foot down on that one. You know, they don't want. Like, it's not in the interest of the game for the caddies to form a union. It's in the interest of the caddies to have a union. But See, the game generally is opposed to it. Like anything, um, there is um, Class A caddies and Class B caddies. Um, yeah. I, so Joe LaCava is a Class A caddy. And... Yeah. I remember the first ever uh, Race of the Y finals. So it was, it was sponsored by Ralph Lauren, uh, the clothing work. And Ralph Lauren had this great idea that they'd give the caddy uh, a T-shirt, right, with with a, with their number on it, right, of where their player was coming into the tournament, and the name on the back. Okay, 
this was, I'd say there were 60 guys there, 50 were, 50 caddies were absolutely delighted, right? You know, proper shirts to wear, no bibs, none of this rubbish. 10 caddies, no thank you, absolutely not. Uh, I, I can't wear Ralph Lauren clothing. I have a contract with my player to wear such and such. Uh, we're definitely not wearing them. So, you know, you, you can't win. You can't win at all at all cases. Um, and I suppose the caddies are in a situation where they find it very difficult to always come together yeah, because okay. there's one or two fighting that. And can I just ask one more? Uh, maybe you don't know the answer to this. Uh, a caddy like Harry Diamond, then, who, in terms of exposure on television, is pretty much in every shot Rory is in, and his Nike hat, uh, his Nike clothes are all there. Would he have a separate contract with Nike, or would that just be part of Rory's deal where the caddy comes with the player? No, he'd have a separate contract. Really? Nice. Yeah. They have the golf. Sorry, I've just checked. They do have a golf caddy association. Well, they uh, do the absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, you know, remember, Peter tried to infiltrate us. Yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, you tried to get into their WhatsApp group. I got in. He was in, <laughs> lurking for months. Oh, that's brilliant. And come here, you know the players only lounge. Are the yeah. players allowed to bring in any of their entourage by choice? If like if they go, if Rory walks up to the door. And he has Harry with him, and he says, "He's no longer my caddy. He's now my best mate. He's coming in." No, no, okay. no. Now, that's the caddy. rules. That's the rules in Europe. I don't know what in America, right. but in general, if you were, if you had a sibling on the bag, and they were caddying, they couldn't come in. Proper order, says Fionn. Oh yeah, listen, Lee Westwood saying to his fiance, "You wait outside. I'm going in here." <laughs> To have my lunch, yeah. I'll meet you see all, at see four all the lads down there or five the or six. Go yeah. have, yeah. Those profiteroles won't, won't eat themselves. I'm going yeah. in there. Yeah. I used to bring like, out one all bit of peace and quiet. I get <laughs> one bit of peace. My my wife, who's my caddy and my fitness trainer, can't come in to the all you can eat buffet every afternoon. Yeah. It's glorious. Yeah. yeah. Non subscribers, this is where we'll politely say goodbye. Come and join us, Patreon, and search for Golf Weekly. It's three ninety nine plus VAT per month. There's watch alongs. There's Monday review pods. The pod every Thursday, obviously, and then some bonus stuff in there as well. Like we're going to talk to Mark Brody later on this evening. We'll put that out in the next couple of days. The man who devised strokes gained statistics. So kind of curious to see what he has to say about how it's used on TV. Are we all quoting the wrong stuff, or is it working pretty well? All of that stuff. He was a suggested guest actually in Discord. So keep those suggestions coming through. We'll get to them, especially when the season quietens down. So Patreon. And search for Golf Weekly and you can subscribe there or otbsports.com forward slash Golf Weekly and you get all the details.